1: Hi everyone, welcome to the first Writers' House of the Year. Hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to talk about the tragic losses of Gianluca Vialli and Pele, the Beth England and Jordan Nobbs transfers in the Barclays WSL, plus a little bit about Chelsea's defeat to Manchester City in the Premier League. But before I introduce my guests, we have some news. Writers' House will now be coming to you twice a week, as well as our Tuesday show will also be coming to you every Friday, and we'll get more chances to chat about stuff outside football. But on today's show are my guests. Florence Lloyd Hughes, and Mr. Musa Akwanga. How are we doing, guys and girls? Good, I'm good. Okay. Well. Yep, yeah. Really great good great stuff. Everybody on good form? Yes. Very good form. It's
2: been a strange way to start the morning because we I know. didn't we didn't we, we were we we were preparing, prepped. Ryan sent us the topics. Mm. We knew what we were gonna chat about. And then obviously there's some news this morning that's kind of hit us like a ton of bricks. Yes, it and has maybe change the gears of the chat we were going to have. Yes,
1: we have to, we have to mention um, Gianluca Vialli and and, and his sad passing. Somebody that was very much admired by everybody, a gentleman. Can I just say before we do go deep into him, he's the only person I've ever seen wear a double-breasted jacket on on a broadcast and look amazing. He had
2: incredible, incredible style. Incredible style.
1: You know, um, and, and, a gen- you know, when you met, anytime you, you met him and spoke to him, he was so interested in everything about you. Wanted to know how you're doing. Always wanted to know how's your family, everybody cool. Just a proper gentleman. And it's such a, such a, such a sad loss. Another one. Mm. Another one. Gone. 58. The other day, obviously my 59th birthday. And I was thinking, Jesus, man, I'm 59. Mm. And then you listen to people talking about Gianluca Vialli passing at 58. It's no age at all. I want to just say this, actually.
3: Yeah, you're right about the age. So actually, I owe him a lot. So um, I interviewed him on the 23rd of January 2009. And I know this Mm. because the moment I heard of his death this morning, uh, very shocked, of course, um, I went straight to my inbox, hoping I still had it. And he gave me Mm. an incredible interview at his house when I basically was, I had no visibility at all as a writer Mm. really um and he didn't have to give me the time he gave me and he spoke for an hour and it was incredible he was really excited about how he got his golf handicap down from 14 to nine in five Mm. years and he was talking about his life post-retirement and how he'd had kids at um 40 and 42 got married at 39 it was the next stage for him Mm. and he was really proud that sky called him a special consultant and he was talking about the real excitement you get when you fly out to like a golf resort with three of your mates and you're looking, so you're looking forward to beating them. And it's like, <laughs> that's where he got his pre-match buzz from. And just all these little vignettes about, uh, just the humility, even like his time at Watford, how honest he was about how it had not gone well and how he wasn't the best mm-hmm. man manager at that time because he didn't know how to switch off and that's what made him too intense in that job. And I just thought this was a, such, this was a dude that achieved mm-hmm. pretty much everything in football, everything in football, really. And what was really striking was just the way he spoke with so much reverence. People like Boscov, his coach at Sampdoria, and Lippi, he called his messiah um, mm-hmm. at Juventus. And I was just like, this was a really humble dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, if, there's been a lot of tributes to him, but I thought I'd put that out at the top because I want that to be, I think, that people take away. This was, a good, this was a good human being. Yeah.
2: Have you got a link on your Twitter, Musa, to the piece? Is you know, it still funny, out I don't. there?
3: I, I just have the PDF. Because we it? here's what happened, right? So I, I, the piece was never published because I used um, extracts of it for my book uh, about managers. But I have a 15-page PDF and I can just, I'll send it to all of you anyway. It's just not online, but I'm happy to upload it wherever I can. Um, because what happened was I got that interview, typed it all out it before the days of AI. I had to type out the entire thing. And I sent that to other people in football and that gave them, when they saw how open he was with me, it opened a lot of doors because they were like, oh, mm. this guy trusts Mm. The Arlie trusts Musa, so if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And that helped me get a ton of other interviews from other people. So he really opened a lot of doors. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't owe me anything. Like, mm. and there's nothing I could have given him because, you know, with footballers at that stage and writers at my stage, frankly, there's nothing I could have done for his rep that would have helped him. He was literally just giving me time because someone said, oh, this guy Musa wants to speak to you. And that was it. Mm. So I owe him a hell of a
1: lot. Proper And yeah. I remember I was in a yeah. restaurant in Knightsbridge. Um... And uh, I, I, we when I went in, and then I went in. I was with my missus, and 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 some, and a friend and his partner, and that we went in. And then he, someone just came. You know, you kind of see out of perit- like, like your peripheral vision, and like you said, oh, oh someone's coming across. And then like, it was, it was Vialli, just came over to say hello. And so when I went and sat down, and you sat down for it, and then within like ten minutes, ten minutes, the the like it's like the best bottle of wine in the, in. The, um, in the restaurant was, was on our table. You know, that kind of vibe, wow. you know what I mean? Just, just class. It's one of those He's things- He's so classy. so classy, so classy. Then, you, know, what, you know, it's the, the kind of thing moves where you think, right. I wish I had done that, I <laughs> yeah, wish well, Those are the levels, even, those are the levels. <laughs> and, and that's why I do that
2: moves, part... I'll do that now. Even when he was part of the Italian, you know, coaching staff recently, he still just looked like he was there to just serve looks and drink espresso and smoke a few cigarettes. He didn't look like he was there to do much work. He yeah. was just there to look, look cool.
3: Vibes. And be part of the brand. Yeah. Can I not say that? not like, cooler? Can I just can we say for a moment, is that not the coolest coaching staff international football oh, has ever seen?
2: Yeah. My favourite is the guy with the glasses. The I don't oh know who god, he is. Oh my god, the big
1: glasses. He was a player yeah. as well, wasn't he? The spotter. The spotter. <laughs> He's was great. he a player as well? But they Probably.
2: Are. I don't actually know. I can't remember his name, but just the, in their matching suits, they just look phenomenal.
1: It's funny because I was with um, Mr. Dean and Arsene Wenger the other day and they, we were talking, they were talking about the people that have passed and obviously Viali today. So he'll know about that. But like, Arsene Wenger was really melancholy. And he, he said something like, you know, could you imagine the team in the sky? The team in the sky right now, you know, obviously Pele's just gone now. We've just lost Pele. Um, now, now Viali, you know, Maradona, you know, Cruyff, you know, the players that we've lost, my gosh, you know, it's amazing. Because there's
3: a thing, Ian, isn't there, that you want, when, when players give so much in terms of joy to all these, to all these people, millions of people, you want them to have that long retirement. And the thing that is quite, I mm. think it's so sad for me with the Viali thing is he was so clearly enjoying life. Like it was less than 13 mm. years ago. I interviewed him less mm. than 13 years ago. You said to me like, oh, this guy within 13 years, he would have passed.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: the feeling there is the unfairness of it. it is the sheer unfairness of it because he when when a player gives that much you just want them to kind of disappear into the sunset and have their happy ever mm-hmm. after and like he was yeah. really he was just really just living his best life at that point um and it was funny because even in the interview he talks about like basically gegen pressing and it's it's a little bit where he's talking about oh yeah like um that that juventus theme i was part of we were probably better without the ball because we were so good at nicking it back and then immediately mm. hurting you. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> mm. Yes. Years before we started really talking about it as a thing, they were on it. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Fiali. What, what a great human and unbelievable
1: a great footballer. Can I just say, because I haven't done, said anything since, um, since Pele, mm. but that one really hit me for six. Mm. You know, when, 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 I, when I had it, I was like just walking around in, in the house for like an hour or so. just like, thinking about the great moments and everything that's happened with me and everything kind of like all roads led back to, to Pele. And, mm. you know, like I saying, I got a lovely message from the people who I watched the, remember I was seven and I watched the, the um, the, the world cup at their house. Cause there was a the wonderful family, like the Denmark's John Denmark and that, and they had the color television and they, they sent messages, sent messages, their families said, ah, oh, John Denmark, my uncle, John Denmark. just, <laughs> and it was, um, again, Moose, it was just, obviously television, black and white and that flow. And I remember there was a lot of people saying, oh, why has he turned it into race? And it wasn't turning it into race. It was just seeing a black man in color for the first time playing great football. And it was, it was in color and mm. it was a black guy and it was the same color as me. And you know, everybody loved him. He went out on the street and everyone loved him. It wasn't n- nothing but love. And you know, that's why the way the Brazilians were, and that's why, I don't know, the black community has always got a a soft spot for Brazil, always want Brazil to win no matter who who their team is. And I was trying to explain that to people. That's why I probably didn't say anything the day he died. I was just like so, I was was just lost in it. You know what I mean? Just the Mm. moment and the memories because my mum, my mum didn't know many, many, many facts. Eusebio, Pelé and Felix, the goalkeeper she would always talk about. But like, mm-hmm. it was mainly Pele. And so, you know, was, um, that, was a, that was a sad one for me. And I'm glad that the way that, that the amount of respect he's now seeming to get because it's really quite hurtful. And I could understand it now when people speak about Ronaldo and the people, they call them fanboys in that, go absolutely off the charts in, in their, like, defending of him. You know what I mean? And I, I, I found it very difficult to defend Pele because people belittled his achievements because they they feel like they were so long ago, you know, we're we're talking about like winning the World Cup at 17, 17. scoring two goals in the final. How many goals did he score in the actual finals? But like in that actual final against Sweden, he scored like, like two goals in the final at 17. And then the goals he scored, people belittle him saying, yeah, well, he never played in Europe, but all the games that you look at him playing against teams in Europe at the time, he scored in all those games. And at the time, you, you've got to also remember that Brazilian team um, who he was playing against for Santos on a, on a weekly basis, were unbelievable players. So you know, to try and belittle it by saying, oh, he's a lot of friendlies and this and that. Pele scored against every single team he played against, no matter who they were. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, again, I'm just pleased, it's the same as R9. We watched this thing the other day, Phenomenon. And it kind of makes you realise we cannot forget these people and how great they've been. But do you know what it is we though,
3: like, he's like, you know who Penny was? He was like Quincy Jones. We take him for granted mm. because he's been the best all the time, every decade. It's like, you know, Quincy Jones like has a songwriting credit on everything, even stuff you don't know. He's got Grammys. He's probably got Grammys he's forgotten about. <laughs> like Quincy Jones probably cleans his house in the morning and finds Grammy's like, the oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, Like Pele has hat tricks. Pele has hat tricks and man in match performances that he's forgotten about, that he would have forgotten about. Mm. And I, I just also have to throw think that, that makes sense, Flo. Does well, that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: but I also think with, with um, what Ian mentioned about Arsene Wenger saying about the team in the sky, I think I see it as much more of a kind of like Jedi. Jedi council kind of vibe because if you think about these (laughs) these people that have such auras around them Mm. they're more than players they are you know it's it's that it's the same when people talk about Beyonce anyone that has single name recognition they are on another level so Cruyff Pele Beyonce whatever Mm. it's that Jedi council of legends and I think that's why it's like he will always be remembered because even he hasn't been playing for decades. I, you know, never got to watch him play, but he still has that aura. Mm. And I think that's why it's so special.
1: I think, um, I think that we're going to have to, the wall of fame have got two new inductees. Dan mm. Luca Vialli and Edson Arantes, Nascimento, <laughs> Pele. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favourite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. ba 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 i have got to talk about some great news for me, something that I think should have happened a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. Beth England. Beth England to Spurs. I just, I was so pleased to see that. Obviously going to go on to talk about Jordan Nobbs as well, but Beth England making this move now is is fantastic for her. And I'm just hoping, I'm hoping for her sake that Tottenham are able to, not just for Ashley Neville, to able to give her the the service she needs. Because otherwise it's, it's you know, I, I, I'm i going to feel like, oh my gosh, she's needed to make this move. Mm. You know what I mean? Because she's almost nearly forgotten for England. She nearly, you know, with Chelsea, with everything that's happened with Chelsea, with the emergency, so, like with Sam Kerr and Guru Wrighton and 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 Frank, but she can't, she literally can't break into that team at Chelsea's first team. So to make that move is very brave of her. I thought she should have made it before, mm. but now she's done it. I really do hope that Spurs can give her a service.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's a massive move, and the fact that Spurs are spending, some people say like two hundred fifty grand is is massive, and mm. I think. We are seeing this kind of like mid group of clubs spending a lot more on players which I think is good for the whole league but it you know it, it makes it difficult I think for lots of clubs to be able to keep up with that but I think what's interesting from Beth England's point of view is like like you said is long overdue she needed yeah. a move she needed a fresh start she signed that new contract at Chelsea recently I think a lot of people were surprised mm. at her doing that but perhaps she thought she was going to play a little bit more than she did but she needs game time you know, she she does have good numbers over the mm. years. But the issue, like you said, Ian, is are Spurs actually gonna create the right number of chances? At the moment, they are the third worst team in the league for XG, mm. with only Everton and Leicester who Obviously, are yeah. in a whole world of trouble uh, underneath them. So they really need to step up, and I think that's the issue: is that like they rely so much on like playing on the counter, use, mm. using Ashley Neville as that mm. outlet, and it, Beth England's not going to score any goals. She just doesn't have any service. That's mm. it. So I think everyone wants this this deal to work out like you know Chelsea fans are happy for her Spurs fans obviously really excited England fans are happy she's going to get more game time the neutrals are excited because it's good for the league but she's got to get service and Spurs just don't look very good right now
3: Mm. I mean if anyone if you trust anyone to maybe create more of their own shots it's someone like her she's quite an entrepreneurial striker and the thing that's really sad about Beth England I would say and the experience she's had is that it's almost like she, she brought about her own extinction because she made mm-hmm. Chelsea so good that she made them a viable place for Peniela Harden and Sam Kerr. This yeah. is the irony. Like If she hadn't been bawling lights out, and this is the thing, this is why it's so great to see Guru Wrighton's resurgence because of that trio, Jisoo Beth England, and uh, Guru Wrighton that really took them to that next level, only Guru Wrighton is still there and bawling out. Mm. And it, it's kind of sad and poignant whenever I see that. Like, you can kind of see why she signed that contract isn't a way, Flo, because she took she taken to the point where she must have thought, I'm in prime position. And the speed at which she was replaced, I mean, you look, modern football is ruthless. We know all of that. Yeah. But I think it's very difficult to think of a parallel of a player who's been so dominant, Flo, if you think about it, like so dominant, such a major factor, and then like so quickly sidelined, if that makes sense.
2: I think there was always this lurking in the background because of the Chelsea brand. It's like they always felt like they needed something bigger than her, which is a shame, which is a real shame for her as a player. Because when she was needed and when Emma Hayes looked to her because of injuries, because of, you know, form, whatever, she had been really consistent. But I think... For so many people, they thought there is going to be a time where Chelsea are going to look to a uh, you know marquee player, and Sam Kerr walks through, walks through the door, and you yep. think, shit. Well, <laughs> what's yeah. she going to do now? You, you know, I was think really, that's hard. Yeah.
1: You know what was really good though, Flo. I remember that they done a kind of that documentary, and mm. she was very, very outspoken in that documentary about you know Sam Kerr and what's going on and playing. And I think that it was the kind of energy she had as somebody who was actually in. In possession of the number nine shirt, and someone's coming in to try and take it, and she she kind of gave the vibe that okay, it's not going to be easy. But you, and she said some stuff. What I thought, wow, that's pretty. It's going to be interesting when her and Sam Kerr meet for the first time, when she walks into the door. And in yeah. the end, obviously, Sam Kerr's gone on to do what we all thought she would do, and that's score a lot of goals and do well. And Beth, unfortunately, you know, for me, like I said earlier, she she tried to stay, to, obviously, you, because you feel like yeah, I'm going to show that I am good enough, but it was, it's, it's tough. And like this, this move could have happened. This move should have happened maybe a year ago, even before, mm. you know, yeah. so she could have then had that run up for the, for the Euros. You know what I mean? I think she plays more of a part in the Euros had she been playing regularly, but you know what I mean? We can look back, but I think that now, apart from the fact that I'm, I'm pleased that she's moved, but I'm really feel, I feel kind of like mm, bittersweet for her simply because I, are they going to make the chances? And you just clearly said mm. there Flo, they don't make chances. With you saying that, yes, she is somebody that will try and create her own shots, but Moose, you've got to understand, to do that, the amount of ball you've got to get to try and get it to then shoot Mm. yourself so frequently in a team that's not- Can I be honest with you?
3: Yeah. Can I be honest with you? I was Mm. just trying to be an optimist there because what what makes me really nervous (laughs) is, Mm. look, she's 28 and I just feel like there should have been a bigger competition for her services. Mm. Like, I don't know, this is what concerns me a bit about- um, maybe the infrastructure in the leagues and the the resources available to teams. Like, I just feel like when a player like that is on the market, there should be a high number of bidders for what she can produce.
1: Yeah, because she's high-end. She
3: is high-end. Yeah, this is, and this is the problem. Do You know, there's like, when you go on the market at the wrong time, and this is the terrible problem, and everyone's got, look, everyone's got two types of friend. Everyone's got that friend that is amazing at changing jobs. I've got some friends, right, you know, working abroad, who just know exactly when to leave. I'm like, damn, you've been there for three years. Bang, da-da-da. Four years later, they're a director here. Then, then some friends of mine are incredible at career changes and other friends and I'm more in the latter category we have our comfort we're like it was stressful enough getting here i'm just here let me bed down for a bit
2: but the that's the thing, thing about, right because be, because yes. you can you can yes. be you can be a victim of your own success cuz she got comfortable at chelsea and was on good money signed mm-hmm. a new contract on good money lots of clubs in the league can't match that and that's why You have to wait for someone to turn up who's going to offer you a deal that is going to get near what you're already on. And that's what's hard as well, is that like a lot of the top, top teams have quite big squads of players on decent money, but who aren't getting that much game time. So where do you go?
3: This is the thing. And to my point, just, you know, you have to know when to go to market because for Beth England, the problem is she has, and it's the same with a lot of players you see in, you know, in, in the men's game as well. Like there's only a certain number of clubs you can move to at any given time. Yeah. especially if you're not going to go abroad. Like, actually, there's probably a better market for her services abroad, like a Real Madrid, for example, or something like that. There's a, mm. Whereas the WSL, unless you go to, let's say, a Man United, they don't need her because they've got firepower of their own. Her options were probably quite limited when she went on the market in the end. Mm. Yeah, it, it's that, yeah,
1: it's tough times. It's, um, it's one of those that I, I've, just keep my fingers crossed that works out for her. Um, because yeah. she needs it, she ne- you know what? she needs it to. So she deserves know, I, it. She, deserves she it. does. She does deserve. It. And then, obviously, Jordan Nobbs now, oh, Jordan Nobbs moving on to Villa. I think it's a fantastic move for her. I think it's a really good club for her. They they, they look to me like the next team that's ready to that's ready to to make some noise. Um, Villa, I think they can do so. I think that's a great move for her. You know, when you look at what you know, two seventy appearances, eighty one goals. You know, twelve titles one of the greats, still wants to play for England, still feels she's got something to offer. And when you look at her at Arsenal and that flow moves, you look at her and you think to yourself, yes, she's had her injuries, but she's far too good. Mm. She's far too good to be one of those players that yes, okay, she's got the title. She's played for England. To be sitting around and it just like, it, it just like the time just passing away. She's got too much to offer.
2: We were talking about that in a lot of the group chats, um, I mean, yesterday, Ian, I, I'd be interested in your take because I think there was a lot of sadness uh, among Arsenal fans about how the fact that she's leaving now mm, mm. in the middle of a break and there wasn't a chance for like a proper goodbye to someone that's been at the club for that long. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a bitter sweetness because... She is such a fan favorite. She's had mm. such an incredible connection with the fans. She's given so much time to them and, and put in, you know, really good performances. Mm. I think a lot of them wanted a goodbye. And I imagine she did too. And I know that she's done a letter and, you know, there's yeah. been that. But I think there's a there's a bit of a sour taste at how it's happened now at this point. And it felt like, you know, maybe it should have happened. Uh, at a different time yeah. when there would have been a proper moment to say right she's leaving you know yeah. like a lot of players announce before the end of the season yeah. that they're going in the summer and then they've got that time to say goodbye and I, it's sad that Jordan Nobbs never got that
1: <laughs> you know what's mm. really funny about that flow you say that and it really brings back mm. some memories for myself because I remember when I left Arsenal I had no clue it was happening I didn't know it was happening in 98 I didn't know it was it was going to happen so it was strange because the summer came 98 and then bam I'd left for West Ham and fans were beside themselves with not being able to say goodbye. They could understand that maybe it was time for me to go and Nelka was coming. Thierry is on the horizon. And so the time was coming, but they were more disappointed that I didn't get to <clears throat> say, I didn't get to say goodbye to the fans, mm. like have a period of like, I knew I was leaving. Mm. And this is why it hit me so hard. But then I remember, you know what I mean? Obviously it went and then I came back to play against West Ham. Which was um, which was one of the most unbelievable receptions and ova- like ovations I got. it was like it was emotional for me, but then I came back on, on another ex- on another time to play for Arsenal in the Arsenal shirt for Lee Dixon's testimonial, and I'm not joking. it brought me to tears, and I'm hoping that that's the kind of thing that will happen for. Jordan, they'll get an opportunity to be able to give her the kind of love that she deserves because she adores our club and and the club adores her as well.
2: I know there's there's a game, I think they're playing each other in the Conti Cup at the end of the month. And I know some fans that I've followed have planned, you know, saying at Meadow Park, they want to do something. So I'm sure they will because, you know, she is so important to them. But it just feels strange when like that is a club legend, just kind of like, Within a few hours, she's gone. It's a business flow. It, it's the, business, a, it's, a Flo.
1: it's, the bus- it's the business, and it's a very ruthless yeah. thing because, like, they no one takes into consideration exactly how you're feeling. It's just like mm. I think it's obviously worse in the MLS because MLS, all of a sudden, you can go into training and the, you're, you've got to go to the other side of, other side yeah. of the country, no questions asked. But when mm. you've been there, when you when you're when you're when you've been at a club for the time you've been there and you've given literally everything. She's gone through her best and worst times so far at that club. And, you know, everything she's done is to try to get back to then play well and do great stuff for the club. And all of a sudden, when the time comes, it's it's very, it's very brutal. Robbie it's Fowler horrible. said
3: it best. I've quoted this a thousand times. Robbie Fowler said it best in his autobiography. There is no sentiment in football. Mm. Like, there's just, there's just none. And you know, the thing about Jordan Nobbs, is interesting. It's a parallel with Beth England where you've built so much with the team you're with that you stay there maybe longer than you should for your own career mm. prospects. There's a yeah. great piece by Tim Stillman. shout out to him, I think it's on the um, Ask Blog website about Jordan Nobbs and her legacy and, and her knowing that she wasn't getting the playing time. And, you, you know, there's a, there's a parallel history of the England winning the Euros um, last summer where you look mm. at the players that either weren't in the squad or weren't picked or, or injuries and there's like, you see the depth that England has but not just yeah. the depth but the tragedy, the individual tragedy of players that could make it because of injury. And there's a thing that's, that Tim mentions in this great piece where he talks about um, Jordan looking ahead uh, to to the Euros and her going, I, I'd rather not look too far ahead because of, because of my problems with injuries Yeah. Then she gets injured. Mm. And it's you know, it's heartbreaking.
1: It's you heartbreaking. know what as well, Moose? It is heartbreaking. And the thing is, is that what's happened with her as well is that she didn't want to look forward because of that reason. And then then that happens. And then... As soon as it's all finished, you get called straight back in, so you've got a part. You've got a part to play. You're good enough to be in amongst it. But for some for some reason, because you're not playing, whether you get injured, you're missing. out. she's obviously missed out at the moment, which is heartbreaking. Because again, I have to think about myself in '96. How would I have yeah. felt if England won it in '96? And I can only think of it like that because I got omitted and then brought straight back in as soon as the tournament was over. And you know, nearly it would have been difficult to go into. That dressing room with them all being champions and you just missing out for whatever reason, and so yeah. Jordan Nobbs has had to do that, you know Katie Zellum has had to do that not without the um without the um the injuries, and you go straight back into a squad that you were good enough to be in, but for some reason you weren't good enough to be in, whether it was injury or form, and then as soon as it's done, you're fucking back in it must it's th- those are the things that fuck around with your head mm. and this is the thing like even with the the Euro 96 and missing, on, missing out on all the World Cups and all the tournaments for, 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 for various reasons, Moose, you, mm-hmm. you can't help but question yourself when you do stuff. Like, remember, I was getting ready to leave Arsenal at one stage, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because, like, because of a manager, just, just to try and go to that next place without sentiment, without thinking of anything. i just got to fucking leave. I want to do more. I want to do something. And it was a time where I went to Arsenal to win stuff. And it was a time where it just felt like everything was so fucking shit. You know, there was no focus. We could do well in cups, but we couldn't focus. And that's the tragedy of football, isn't it? It's moments it's you exactly can't get back. The tragedy.
3: You see it slipping away, you see it. Yeah. I want, I want to drill a bit deeper on this because, mm. sorry to jump in there, but the thing about sport and the, re- the frustrations you felt there, and you still feel it's moments you can't get back. Now mm. rely on other dynamics. It's not like me writing a book where every morning the blank screen is there and I have to, it's, it's on me. Mm. With sport, with football, it's horrible because there's so many of the moving parts you have no control over Yeah. and you see your moment slipping away and you can't get it back. And that is, yeah. mm. there's a sense, there's a helplessness there that almost no one else can relate to, apart from other athletes. Does that yeah. make sense, Flo? It's tough. It's so helpless. I, I think,
2: I think the, the good thing is, is that for both Beth England and Jordan Nobbs, they're two players that are very popular with the fans, two players who still have a lot to give in the league and potentially with England too and it's great to see them both get a fresh start because I think there was growing concern about this talent like you said Musa, and such a such a deep England squad now across and you know filtering down into all the clubs in the league watching this top talent just waste away on WSL benches and it's great to see it filter down into the league now and I think that's the best thing like starting the second half of the season with these two big new signings is just Mm. a really exciting way to kick Things off again. Mm.
1: I just hope that both of them, because you can see deep down that both of them would have probably stayed where they were if they could. It's, it doesn't make sense for them to do that, but they're so emotionally like connected to those clubs that yeah. they've had to make this move when they've made this move. Mm. And I feel for both of them. And I just pray that it, ha- it works out for both because they both deserve a lot more than they've got at the moment. And they've you know been, been I mean? really and brave. They've been really, can I say been, this yeah. as well? They've been yeah.
3: really brave. To Because, you know, footballers, athletes, there's um, a great Bob Paisley quote about how footballers are like thoroughbred racehorses, sensitive to temperature and surroundings. And footballers (laughs) are creatures of comfort, you know? Mm -hmm. You find an environment that works for you and you stay in that environment as long as you can. Um, And this is a weird thing to say, shout out to Real Madrid actually, of all people, because Real Madrid, notorious for chopping and changing, have really been a really good home for for players for a long, long time. And ideally, if you're a big club, you want to remain there and make that your home. So it's really brave for these
1: footballers to leave home, and I hope it works for them. Let's hope it works out for both. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed.
0: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
1: The game last night at Chelsea city, obviously um from 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 my with my arsenal hat on uh, and my arsenal bias, I was desperate for Chelsea to do something. Then you see like Raheem Sterling get injured um you know you, you 're devastated for him because it just doesn 't seem to be it just can 't get going in this in this team yet and then Christian Pulisic got injured you 're just feeling like so, whatever 's going on at chelsea' it's just it's just in that place of they can 't quite get going and then you looked at a City side that I'm thinking you know something this, this could be nil-nil and then I thought to myself be realistic there's no way City are, are going to lose this game especially when you look at their bench you look at the bench and what can come off the bench there's creativity and stuff coming off the bench and I watched Chelsea and mm. the way they were playing and I can't I've got to say I've, I don't think I've ever watched Kovacic play and not love love what he does I love watching he's Kovacic amazing. he's amazing he's an, he's an amazing player He's an amazing player. But you I know, just feel like that...
3: Go on. He's like, he's like Ali Benabia um, for France. If, if mm. Zidane had not been there, Benabia would have been the 10. John Collins said this. Benabia would have been the number 10 for France for 10 years. But wow. was I remember watching
1: of him at City for a while. Jesus.
3: And the same with Kovacic and Modric, right? If, if, if Modric had not been there when he'd got to, or had like gone injury or been out, Kovacic would have been running the Madrid midfield for the last few years, I think. He was that good. He was so unlucky.
2: I was really impressed with Zakaria as well. Who yeah, he was good, yes. He hasn't really had a look-in yeah. since coming on loan. I think he'd had two appearances, mainly mm. like Champions League and Cup. And I thought he was brilliant. And I actually, yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> Maybe I'm being a bit pathetic to, to to Chelsea, but I actually thought improved performance. Um, and I think Pep looked a little bit scared, and I was intrigued by the setup and the formation that City went. For because it felt like they were being quite negative because they, Pep was worried they were going to lose the game, mm. and instead of being on the offensive, which they so often are, they had this really narrow, like defensive, you know, to like a double pivot situation. Yeah, with Rodri which,
1: dropping and dropping yeah, in. With Rodri and, yeah, with drop
2: dropping, and that's just not really them. And I, it, it's really interesting to see them. Play quite scared and in a way I kind of wanted Chelsea to get something out of the game because I wanted Pep to almost be punished you know, for that negativity but like you said Ian they just get it done.
1: They just get and the thing they get it done but the thing with, with Pep is that you have to feel like we're starting to see him like saying stuff in the, in the press now with Arsenal and what Arsenal got to do and stuff like that so you're just starting to feel like he's feeling he might be feeling that kind of pressure mm. from the fact that they know they needed to win that game. You just, they they needed to win that game. They had to. And so I feel that now we're getting into, we're going to see what Pep and Mikel are really going to be like in this run-up now. This is why I was really, I really was desperate for us to beat Newcastle. Desperate for us to beat Newcastle just so as I could, so as we could go again, because you look at City winning and you feel, yeah, but that's what they will do. That's what they'll do. And Pep will start doing that. Maybe, maybe Flo. That's why he got a little bit more defensive and, I want, I want, for, for want of a better word, negative in his tactics to, in the game because he knows that someone's going to come up with something. He's able to bring Jack on. Jack puts a ball across, bam, Murray scores. But that, that he does something where he starts to get fucking finicky with himself and change things around Pep. And I'm just hoping that we can keep them under pressure so as he can fucking improve. Do you know what? He
3: looked resentful. He looked resentful. And the, the funny thing with, you think about Pep and his wingers, right? Pep's wingers used to be flying, Used, to be, you know, a winger used to be, a winger needs to be actually airborne. An airborne mm. winger, uh, Di Maria, uh, Sané, Sterling, mm. Pep's wingers yes. used to fly. Now they hug the touchline, now they advance, but they don't fly, right? And that puts pressure on other parts of the pitch. Because when you know that you have an outlet like, you know, a spectacular Sané or whatever, Sterling, mm. you can push up high and wide. Whereas when you're moving with Foden and Bernardo, you're advancing slowly and it's ominous. Mm-hmm. It's like a slowly rolling. So that scene in Interstellar yeah. when like, they go, oh, those aren't mountains, those are waves. And the tidal wave is coming. Mm. And City city are a tidal wave, but the problem with that mm. is there's a predictability there actually. And I thought in this game, when you said to me like, did you watch the match the other day? I thought, well, which game are you talking about? Because there were like three different matches within one. There was mm. the Sterling and Jim Poulis, it got disjointed. And there's the existential mm. crisis of, the, of the, um, the subs change at halftime. Then there was Greedish coming on. And the thing about City is they're going to drop more points. It's all a bit of a grind at the moment. And I want to throw something out there as well. I said this maybe before, but I've got a real axe to grind about this. This talk about, about Holland being this unstoppable beast, it's nonsense. What's happened with Holland is, if I'm honest, teams can stop him if they defend tight and they defend well. Right? That's the thing. Not because he's not a brilliant player, he's outstanding. It's because City haven't sufficiently worked out the other outlets of their attack yet. I fully expect Alvarez to get more games before mm. the season is done because I think he's outstanding. He can create his own shots, as I said before. But the thing about the Holland thing is like, it's not so much there's an over-dependence on him and everything goes through him. It doesn't. It's that there's a great quote that I think Carl Anker shared on Twitter. I don't know who said it. It's a great quote. Basically sold their two best goal-scoring wingers. How can you sell Gabriel Jesus and, and, Raheem, and Sterling Raheem Sterling and not expect a rapid drop-off in your attacking dynamism? Mm. So City are there for the taking, to be honest. Whether they win the league or not, whether Arsenal win the league or not is an open question, right? The fact is this, and I should have said this on Stadio, so I'll say it here. Arsenal actually have to pay slightly over the odds in this transfer window Yes, to get to the get business done. in, because soccer, this is a loss leader. Yeah. If they pay slightly more than they should have for Trial Felix, no one's going to care come summer if Arsenal mm-hmm. win the league. And, and and Arsenal paid four million euros more than they should have done. No one's going to remember that. Trust me, they will not remember because where that league title would take Arsenal in terms of their trajectory, mm. in terms of who they can recruit and get in through the recruit door from there. Yes, it's yes, worth means. the extra. Pay the money, yeah, got, Arsenal. Yeah, don't pay the money. Scrimp.
1: Don't scream. Don't around that because <laughs> sorry when you look at the bench, be guy, but yeah, no, you, you have, have to say. be that guy because like watching the Newcastle game flow as well. And I'm looking at the bench, and who did we bring up? We brought on Tommy Asu for Ben White at, in a time where we need, and it's not because. For any other reason, we haven't got anyone else. We haven't got anyone else of calibre on that bench that's going to come on and change the game. Like, obviously, they can bring on Jack Grealish. So that worries me. And that's why January is vitally important. It's so important that we bring someone in. And even if we do get Modric in and he does it, we we still need something else. We need more because I I don't believe that with our backup bench, we're going to be able to, like, see City at Chelsea game's going to nil-nil. It's like, look at, okay, if Chelsea are frustrating them, they, the chance is not happening, and bam, they score. That's what you need to do. You need to be able to do that away from home
2: but looking at the ta- calibre. Looking Come at on, the title race, though, what Arsenal probably have in their favour this weekend is that, you know, they've got a fairly nice, chilled cup tie that, you know, potentially could go wrong, but they should steer and get through it. City have got to play Chelsea all over again which you know they might they, they probably will come through that but that is a tough challenge it's coming, at such an, an, it's, such, it, it's coming at such an annoying point because I feel like no one wants these FA Cup games right now they just want to like bulldoze through with the title race keep going keep, keep ploughing on and now yeah, it's like you fly, right you've got I this think... challenge right bang in the middle that you don't really want
1: yeah but Flo I think that's why they'll probably they'll put out the team what they put out and they're not fussed if they win or lose that I think that I don't think Pep wants to lose the, the Premier League to, to Mikel. You know what I mean? If Mikel can keep this going, if he could keep the team going, I think his main focus is obviously going to be um, the, the, it's the Champions League, but at the moment, it's got to be the pre- it's the Premier League. The FA Cup, he's not fussed about in that game. I think that's more important for Chelsea to do something in that game, to get something Chelsea, because at the moment, it's very much, um, it's very much in the air. They've spent mm-hmm. a but lot it's of more, money. It's
2: more, ways to, it's more ways to lose your rhythm in this in this critical point of the season that's why i think these cup games are so interesting because this is all about rhythm right now and both teams are probably going to make a ton of changes but really they want that they want that confidence building. They want that rhythm building and they want to be firing so that when they come back with big games on the horizon for both of them, they're straight back into the title because Mm. Arsenal have that, have that nice little cushion, but City just, like you said, they have that depth, they have that difference, and they're going to make those moments count even more so in the next coming weeks.
3: Mm. They're going to drop points though. They're going to drop points. There's not, This is not the City team. Then there's two things I noticed. Well, the main thing I noticed about the game last night, just to keep it shorter. Both of these teams are, they're trading off a vision of themselves that's not actually the reality. Like this City team, yes, it's very good, but it's not the City team of like three or four years. It's not the sort of super dominant team. And they have that aura still. And Chelsea getting maybe more criticism than they deserve because they're not the Chelsea, they're victims of their recent history. They're not the Chelsea that was a steamroller either, right? So people are looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, why aren't Chelsea better? Well, because actually, there's so many moving parts going on. Kai Havertz hasn't become or developed into the nine that we were hoping he could develop into. Ziyech is not the Morocco Ziyech. Like he's just not. Mm-hmm. It's not he's not going to get the same role, status, playing time he deserves in that configuration. Of course, Sterling is not clicked because no one else is really clicking. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like nothing else is really working at Chelsea at the moment. So there's a rebuild that's bigger there that people realise, and so poor Graham Potter because that job, which is a lot of people will hear that and be like, why having sympathy for Graham Potter? He's getting paid well, great job. Well, no, Mm. sympathy because his job is actually much harder than it looks. Do you mean like Mm, things like simple things like having midfield chemistry, like Kovacic and Zakaria, that's yet another midfield partnership, right? Yet Mm. another dynamic to work at, yet another series of passing combinations. And who knows who's playing the next week? So Chelsea have this like revolving door of, of selections. Shukumeko, we didn't even mention him. He's been brilliant. Yes, we didn't he mention him. He yesterday. came on. Yes. Brilliant. Yep. Again, mm-hmm. another player in that dynamic. So Potter's mm-hmm. got a really, really tough job. And my one worry is, my one fear is that there'll be supporters that won't
1: give him the they time won't give him the fra- They won't have the patience with him.
2: I think they were, but they, they were okay last night though. Cause I did like, I did expect uh, a bad reaction from the fans, but. Some people were writing about this and and talking about this as if it's just a sign of the times and how much their ambition has fallen. But there was like a a, a splattering of positive applause. So I feel like a lot Mm. of the fans have kind of realised that expectations have to drop. This is a real transition phase, Mm. but the same can't be said for some of these other teams. Like for Arsenal, like you said, Musa, the fact that this isn't the iconic City team of days gone by means that it's a massive opportunity a and it feels like yes. now or not no. necessarily never but it needs to be now because no, these won't th- come around because they're going to retool they're going to go and you know as Maya would say they're going to go to the mountains and Pep is not going to let this happen again so there's a transfer it's, it's, window. the
3: moment mm-hmm. there's a transfer mm-hmm. window and Arsenal missed out on Wanyama there's a transfer window they missed out on Wanyama I don't remember what it was but it was I remember thinking this is, this feels like the most important transfer window for Arsenal since then.
1: Wow. I, you know something, Moose? It's, it's one of those, it does feel very Lesterish. There's teams that are not quite doing that stuff. They need to, they're not quite there. And it's, it's there for somebody to take. Arsenal seem to be in the pole position. And and I go with you, Moose. We need to like, just say, listen, man, we're going to have to flash that cash. We have to, it, how much extra? Okay, we'll do it. Peg because money. I think that this is the mo- yeah. This is the moment to do it. So, fingers crossed that it, it, it can happen. Fingers crossed it can happen, guys. Before we go, um, something I think we're going to be starting to do on a on a Friday on the Friday shows is um, what what you're watching kind of stuff. You're watching watch some stuff over Christmas. I had some really good time over Christmas watching some stuff. Um, I'm going to get onto the bear in that Moose, but I, I watched Tulsa King with um, with um, Sylvester Stallone like an, an old, old old mafia guy's out of prison after 25 years. He didn't rat his friends out. So he's come out and he's come and they've kind of like farmed him out to Tulsa, you know, in the middle of like yeah. in the middle of in Midwest and like whatever it is. And it's, I've, I literally watched them. I literally watched it, watched the whole series in like in, in the whole day. I watched Oh, It's it a,
2: a TV, it's a TV series. No? Yeah. It's a, yeah
1: and, wow. and I need the rest to come in. So I was watching that. And what's back, what,
2: what's, what platform's that on?
1: It's on Paramount. Okay. It's on Paramount. And then obviously because I watched that, I ended up having to watch Rambo Last Blood. <laughs>
2: <I had laughs> you know how it after. is. You know what happens. I had to hide
1: my face to that one. Me and my son was, my like, 27-year-old son was watching it. And it's so gory because he has to save somebody in Mexico. But that was that. But like, I watched the Bear Moose Mm. Flo have you watched it? I haven't I've watched, watched it I've watched yet I know of, Mousa, I've watched three
2: of them I know Musa has been waxing lyrical about it and Mousa, I've you've been got to give like me more about mentally it. preparing myself yeah. because because like we talked about at the top of the show there's been a lot of grief in mm. the wider public there's been mm. a lot of grief in my friends lives and around christmas time it's just yeah. been a it's been a strange time so yeah i need to mentally prepare myself to sit down for the bear because i know having chatted to Musa, it's like an incredible but very intense watch yes, yes. and so yes. i'm just i I, ne- I will be ready soon but just can not I, yet can yeah, i no, say no,
1: no, something no. moose because I, I started i've watched i've watched three of them not going to say anything if you're not going to give me any spoilers but i um, It's very, it moose. I feel very on edge just watching. And it's like we watched the first three, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm getting, you know what? It's, I'm not saying it's going to turn into that, Mm. but I'm getting breaking bad vibes. It feels like it can just go, it's going to go fucking dark.
2: I always find that, though, with things that are around uh, chefs and kitchens because you need to feed off the anxiety and the intensity of what it is to be mm. in that job. And it is like a million miles an hour, like living on the edge. And I feel like you're probably getting that because but, that's what the job is, right?
1: Yeah. Like, but, but Flo, I'm not going to give spoilers, but there's, okay. one, there's, one, there's one scene where he's obviously cause he's doing the Michelin star stuff and he's doing his stuff. And then the head chef comes over. And he does this kind of intimidating, fucking bullying, um, like abusing while he's doing the work. And he's still calling, yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yeah. It was fucking uncomfortable. Unreal. So uncomfortable. And so, so what's happened is Moose is that I'm getting a snippet of that. And then you get a snippet of something else. Then you get a snippet of a gangster coming in and t- talking about his brother's place. And, and like, he's tr- honestly, I'm literally, you know, when you can't wait to watch the next one.
3: Yes, for sure. That's what I'm like, Sign because I need, TV. I feel
1: like, I, yeah, I feel like I need to be in it. So I'd, I'd recommend that to some, to people and then, then we'll go from there. But yeah, Moose, I'm, I'm I'm loving the bear. I'm loving that. I
3: had very, to watch very the good.
1: Incredibles, obviously. I had to watch The Incredibles, and I'm not even going to say anything. I'm glad Ryan's not on, because we watched a bit of Cars, because we had a couple
2: of little kids. <laughs> with, <laughs> I, I watch, little you know, kids. you know what I watched, you know what I watched for the first time as well, when I was kind of hung over on New Year's Day, was Coco which I'd never seen and it was so beautiful and I cried so much <laughs> and it was so it one incredible sweet. movie like five out of five ten out of ten incredible animated movie it's on iPlayer at the moment at yeah. the moment and it was a lovely like hungover New Year's Day watch but um I don't know how much we might split opinions on this but I watched Glass Onion the yeah, 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 Knives too. Out yeah. sequel yeah. and I was extremely disappointed i don't know how many spoilers we want to give that's on netflix at the moment but i was very disappointed me and my mum watched it just before christmas and i had high expectations and i was a bit like
1: Meh. it's got yeah it's one of those where it's got the stars and you're thinking wow this is going to be amazing and i get the impre- i'm not going to like i said we're not giving you spoilers but i just get the impression that um they just tried to cater for too many people everything there's too much going on there's too much going on for me um too many stars you know what I mean? It's, it's trying to be it's a bit clever. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. You know, I, I don't know Moose because when I watch it, I want people to watch it and, and, and try to let me know. No, right? You're talking bollocks. Moose, so
3: what you. did you think? What did
2: on, you think? Hot, me a hot take, take for you.
3: Miss. Hot take for you. Actually, it was a bit like Chelsea, Man City. It was basically three films. <laughs> there was the <laughs> opening segment where you're like, yeah, there's the opening segment where you're deciding whether to engage with it, which is quite clever, quite intricate. And you're like, mm, no spoilers again. Mm. Am I going to enjoy this first part and the second part? You're like, okay. I've got into the humour, I'm with it, I'm following it, I'm locked right. in, I'm loving it. And then I would, f- I would say I was disappointed by, by the final segment of it, by the third, the third part, the third do act. Do I need
1: to watch but it again, Moose? I don't know if you do,
3: mm. because I think life is short mm. and I think you watch what you love. And here's the thing,
2: mm.
3: the greatest credit I can give the writer and director, Rian Johnson, is he's a director, people absolutely fall over themselves to work with, because that cast they brought in, they did not all pay them full whack. They cannot have, unless mm. Netflix absolutely broke the bank for it. Mm. So if they did did break the bank for it, then great. But even some of the cameos, I'm like, those must have been really expensive. So Mm. he's someone people love working with, and I can see that, I can see why. I think there was a slight, there was a tension. The the tightest bit of the film, I think, is the midsection. And I think the end part, I think it builds really, really well to a certain point. I just think the end part let down how good the middle was. And I don't, Mm. I don't, listen, I know Mm. how hard it is to write anything. I know how hard it is to write anything. I'm not trying to sound like a hater or something like that. It's more that like, he set himself a very high standard with his run of movies, Rian Johnson, a very high standard. I just feel like, I feel like the final section isn't quite as strong as the midsection where I was like, it, at one I, point I'm like, I love this. I love this. yeah.
2: I felt like it was too flashy I felt, and I think yeah. what was yes, great I... about the first one, it was all rooted in the house and I think mm. in, in a very cliche way, if you're going to do murder mystery, I think having that house is what binds everyone together, right? This, it went off in too many different locations, yes. too many different parts, too many like throwbacks and well, oh, too this happened finicky, 10 years too ago. Much going on. Too it was too, on. it was too bitty and then mm also because of that you know even though the last one was also like an um, unbelievable Hollywood cast you still had like Chris Evans in a woolly jumper like everyone was kind of rooted in their character you grow like like whereas now it just felt like everyone was so different i just couldn't believe that they ever spent any time together it was like oh we all met in this bar when we were 30 it's like really you guys look like you would never spend any time together it was too it was too absurd almost and it's meant to be a comedy but it was like too far gone and that's why i was like i just felt like a bit oh guys where have you come with this
1: but can i say just before we go one of the one of the biggest um one of the biggest pluses in it is is um Daniel Craig's fucking wardrobe was fucking immense. Mm. He looked amazing. His clothes, his his clothes were amazing in that, and that's what I would give it for his gear. I, I loved. I, to be honest,
3: I, I must say, I loved the the parts. Of this movie, that I absolutely loved. I loved him, and I loved Janelle Monae. I thought they were both incredible. Yes, I thought yeah, they had incredible, yeah, yeah. very good, We'll incredible, we're incredible them that. chemistry. Also, and Dave Bautista as well. I thought of the the rest of them. I thought he was extremely strong.
2: And I thought, that, yeah. I
3: thought, I thought the massive nod to Elon Musk was absolutely <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Elon Musk nice. got
3: absolutely. Elon Musk caught. He caught a big stray in this one. He wasn't even in the, he wasn't even in the movie, but when he watches <laughs> this, which he will because he won't be able to help himself, he will feel this deep in his soul. You're good. <laughs> will he you
1: know that he's deep he's in his soul? Listen, guys, I'm gonna have to leave. I'm gonna have to. Leave. I'm gonna have to throw you out. It's got. It's time to go. And I will probably see you soon. See you soon yes yes see you soon Flo see you soon Moose for sure for sure. see you soon nice one listen just take it easy whatever you're doing and we'll go again we go again we go again (laughs) grind on stop baby (laughs) turn my enemies into memories (laughs) (laughs) take it easy man thank you very much for listening everybody hope you enjoyed the show thank you very much Flo thank you very much Moose we'll see you again next week Um, can I say it's starting to ramp up now Um, I can't say I'm not worried about what's going on with my team because I am, but New Year, same old righty. Um, So see you again next week and we go again.